You are now listening to Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast featuring Phenom. Before we get started today, I have to tell you that my new track is out right now. It's called Cravings. It's on all streaming platforms. Cravings. Make sure you check it out as soon as you finish listening to this episode. Once again, that's Cravings. Go check it out today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. I'm your host, Phenom. Today, we're getting into real people, real challenges, real success. Today, we have with us Chris Valentine. He is a CEO motivational speaker he's an entrepreneur and a model welcome chris to the show thank you man thanks so much for having me on man i've been looking forward to this for so long i'll tell you (laughs) i'm glad we were both able to find time in our schedule to be able to sit down and, and you know do this so for anybody that doesn't know you let's just go ahead and clear the room like who who is chris so you know I'm associated with a lot of dashes and uh, <laughs> slashes, but that's that's my life. You know, I'm the type of person that is not afraid to try everything, you know, mm-hmm. and my day to day operation. You know, I am the owner of Design by Valentine LLC Media Consulting. Uh, I specialize in marketing, uh, film, you know, commercialism. I'm really heavy on the commercialism right now, graphic design. So all things that you would see digitally on screen, we help consult. Uh, We serve from small business all the way up to government contracting. And we have been established since 2018. Uh, We have grown tremendously over the past years. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, You know, also have a hand in male modeling um, within my first year of doing that. I've been successful with that within my first year. I've been able to work and walk in New York Fashion Week within this year alone. So that's it's been incredible. Amazing. You know, all, all these things are nothing but God. I just got to tell you. So with everything you have going on, mm-hmm. how do you manage all of this? You know, the beauty of uh, being an entrepreneur and also a huge responsibility is being able to manage your schedule. And when you have that creative field to, you know, decide, you know, what you're going to take on in order to make money, but then also have that flexibility to take time for yourself and your friends and your family, uh, it can be a blessing and a curse because a lot of people, especially within their first year, abuse that privilege and they get mm-hmm. distracted, they get off course. So it's important for me to assess, you know, priorities on a day to day operation you know that's my normal routine so to answer your question directly um managing you know that work-life balance is my number one top priority we work we have fun but we also got to have days to rest how are you figuring out those priorities you know every day um and you know i'm i'm sure even the audience the um viewers have heard those motivational, um, you know, audios and uh, TikToks and, you know, uh, reels on Instagram where before you go to bed, you know, you have to write out your priorities for the next day or even just first thing in the morning. I like to do that uh, before I go to bed because in the morning, you know, that's where I find that 
I get the most demand. Like I'm waking up to emails, I'm waking up to text messages and things like that. But I already have a game plan for the day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I'll have to have like a checklist of like 26 items or anything like that. I, I try to limit it to three. You know, at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, three business things and three personal things. So at the end of the day, if I get those, you know, six in total things done, that's a win for me. And then a lot time for, you know, those things that hit me in the morning and you do have to discern and assess how pressing those are, you know, and that's kind of the lifestyle of any entrepreneur. Are you getting eight hours of sleep with all of this? Yeah, actually, you know, surprisingly, I have prioritized sleep, you know, Um, and sometimes, you know, my clients don't like to hear it. And, uh, of course, when you're consulting like I am, you know, they want to have all access to you. But, you know, you have to set boundaries and, you know, your hours of operation, but enforce them. Yes, it may be just you, but at the end of the day, this literally doesn't work without you. You know, mm-hmm. you are the consultant, you are the brand, you are the business. So as you're growing and expanding, you also have to manage your, um, your basic principles, you know, of human integrity. Like you have to work X amount of hours and then you do have to sleep X amount of hours. You waking up dead tired in the morning, not taking care of your physical health, you know, throwing back co- coffee, you know, like two, three hours at a time, that's not good for productivity. So, yeah. No, I definitely feel you on that because that's when I first started my journey mm-hmm. of, let's just say, getting into my career before I even before I even became, you know, a freelancer, somebody that was self-employed, all that type of stuff, I was actually grinding. And like yeah. I, nowadays, I don't use that word anymore because I hustle now. I, you know, yeah. Before I was yeah. grinding, I was getting no sleep. I was up until two, three o'clock right. in the morning every single day. And I was like, mm, yeah, I'm operating off four or five hours of sleep. Mm, yeah. You get eight hours? Ha! Sucker, I'm getting ahead of you. But now... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that's the trap. That's the trap. A lot yeah, of people it is. understand that, yeah. So. They really don't. And now it's like I, I prioritize getting seven to eight hours of sleep. And I find myself with a lot more energy, which allows me to be more focused and more productive throughout the day. Absolutely. And in return, I'm like literally accomplishing stuff day by day. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, you can fall into the trap of that mindset, you know, that you have to be the hardest worker in the room. I mean, of course, when it comes to execution, but strategically, you have to, again, prioritize your health, you know, in order to perform. Um, You know, grinding, in essence, doesn't necessarily sharpen the sword. It dulls the iron after a while. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people uh, believe that, you know, they can operate on less hours of sleep. What's actually happening is you're depriving yourself of the vital energy you need to perform. Because I, when I first started my business, you know, I was in grind mode. I was in survival mode. You know, I was just so focused on getting the next contract fulfilled, trying to get the next uh, form of income in-house, you know, just trying to make this money. But what I was actually doing in essence which is burning myself out uh saying yes to everything and, and i think that's another uh key component to it you you really have to set again those boundaries on what you can and cannot do and i was just miserable 
You know, like mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, working for yourself, having that creative freedom to choose what you do on a day to day basis, that's a blessing. But, you know, if you're not managing that properly, you know, you're going to find yourself in this constant rut. And, you know, a lot of people are so opposed and against the metaphor of the rat race, right? When really mm -hmm. you've just created a new element and a layer within that matrix within itself, all because you possess that mindset. So, you know, you really have to take accountability and ownership for that. There's a show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Sure. Um, that basically, I think everybody should watch this. That somebody that doesn't party, prioritize sleep, mm -hmm. um, they should watch this show because mm -hmm. it really gives you an insight of how important our sleep is. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, it's called Awake. It's called Awake. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen that? I've seen previews. I really need to check that out. So it's a game show where the contestants stay up for 24 hours, mm -hmm. counting quarters. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have to stay up for 24 hours. And at the end, they basically do basic. And I mean, ba I mean, something's a little challenging, but basic, like, like motor skills type of stuff. Yeah. Reaction, yeah. everything. And so they have, the, I believe, the audience do it mm -hmm. prior to the show. And they also do the contestants do it. And okay. what I hope people get from the show is the audience always outperforms the contestants because <laughs> the contestants are always lacking sleep and the audience always outperforms the contestants because, you know, they're, they're energized right. and everything. And that also, right, right, um, right. in terms of entrepreneurship, that's going to create uh, affect your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. Now, uh -huh. you just said something very interesting. Mm -hmm. I before I wanted to ask you a question about it. Sure. How do you know or how can somebody start to navigate away from that mentality? Like how do they know yeah. they're in it and how mm -hmm. can they start getting out of that? Well, you really got to assess your day-to-day -day routine, you know. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of understanding and a lot of honesty to really look at yourself in an architectural way and try to understand the blueprint of what drives you, what actually runs you, you know? And in essence, you know, and I appreciate the audience um, being flexible with us in terms of faith and uh, belief, but, you know, who is your God, you know? Is it the creator or is it money? And a lot of people mm -hmm. are so consumed with the ideology of having money as their deity and once you really realize that money is just a tool your life will never be the same again you know i used to be so obsessed with having the idea at least of having all the money in the world honestly man, it drove me insane and i i knowing me personally man you you've seen the byproduct of that and because of that it, it put me in a perpetual state of you know low-key panic because, you know, I, I just felt that if I wasn't succeeding, if I wasn't uh, getting ahead in life, that I was failing all because I wasn't performing well. And once you even have that honest conversation with yourself, that's where it begins, truly. And then from there, um, ask yourself these real questions, like, what can I do 
to gain back more time in my day, you know, because ultimately once you get money, right, it's a pivotal point when you realize that money. How much money are we talking? I'm sorry. How much money are we talking? You say get money. You know, what type of check are we talking about here? Well, honestly, that's going to have to be a personal um, assessment by yourself and Mm -hmm. start off, do what you can where you are with what you have. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to put a numerical um, value on it because, again, everybody's pockets are different. Everybody's living environment is different. I will say, however, once you eliminate your debts, all of them, right? I'm talking about, you know, your car payments. If you rent, you know, uh, where you live, that's fine. Um, if you're able to manage that, of course, and that's a low percentage of your income. Um, if you eliminate credit card debt, um, any liens that you may have on your property, once you get up under that pill, right, and you actually are in a position where you can save at least uh, five figures, right? And okay, if we are to put a numerical value on it, at least $20,000, here's the range, $20,000 to $50,000 just to begin, okay? Because a lot of people are going to tell you six figures, right? But what if you've never seen for six figures before, right? Mm-hmm. So you also have to be honest with yourself. Uh, just having that amount of money to your name, um, where like you can just pull it at any, any given time, it doesn't necessarily affect you. There is a wave of comfort that you're even starting to get your shit together. You know, pardon my language, but you know that's that's just the world we live in. So. Again, do what you can where you are with what you have. Invest smartly. Um, make the right moves. And especially if you start to work for yourself, charge what you're worth and add tax. You know, a lot of people, when they start out, they put a price tag on themselves, but everybody wants a discount. Everybody wants lower rates because it's you. Understand that you are no longer, in essence, a person. You are now a service. You are a product. And as of which, there is value, there is worth to it that is worth investment. You know, that it's actually worth somebody fulfilling that invoice because because it's you and you have that personal touch to it, they'll get more. And you got to understand that and be competitive in the market because of that. So. It's so funny that you brought that last part up because I was having a conversation literally last night. So I'm, I'm long story short, I'm going to start doing one-on-one coaching uh, to help people get clarity yes. and also give them a step-by-step step action to be able to accomplish their goals. Yes. So I asked maybe like 10 people. Mm-hmm. The lowest amount, what do you think the lowest amount that I got was? Uh, I'm sorry? For an hour. What do you think the lowest amount that I got was for an hour of coaching that somebody suggested? Oh, man. For an hour of your time. Wow. Are you saying lowest? Yeah. Oh, man. For an hour of your time. like I got a range, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Can I, can I give a range? <laughs> give, give me a lowest first, and then I'll, I'm going to give you I would say 500 to a grand for an hour of your time. That was That's the lowest? Mm-hmm. Being the lowest. Yeah. Uh, that's rather generous. <laughs> Somebody said forty dollars. Forty dollars? They don't know you like I know you. 
Oh, hey, $40. Wow. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I was like, you think I belong on the streets or something? I felt disrespected. Yeah, okay. And then I got, then I got 1500 But I say that to say, Mm. to your point, you got to be able to know your worth Mm -hmm. and charge it. Yeah. Like, it was a real eye-opener for me. I'm like, man, somebody would be willing to pay me $40 knowing everything that I do. Then I have people like like what you just said, you know, a grand minimum. And it's just like you have to know what what you're worth yeah. and charge it and add tax. How do you figure out, Chris, like how do you figure out what you're worth and add tax? How do you figure that out for yourself? Well, I have this scale. Um, it's based on, of course, your level of education on the subject, um, your experience level and all the things that you can check off on the resume, of course. But then also you really have to take a a keen look and a study in your market field. You really have to see, you know, what your competitors, because you now are a competitor. You really have to see what they provide, what you do better, and, you know, kind of get with the rate of, you know, how I can be, you know, comparable to these uh, other businesses. But, you know, say you don't have that access you know, again, it is a matter of research, but it's also a matter of like, you have to ask yourself, if I was a customer and I wanted consulting or graphic design, you know, what have you, right? Um, for this amount of uh, time, how much would I charge? You know, how much would I feel comfortable paying for, you know? And again, once you assess, you know, what you give more than your competitor, that gives you uh, that flexibility to increase or if you don't provide what they provide then of course decrease but don't shoot yourself in the foot because of it you know just understand that that's a metric that you can uh, strive for and continue to build that way mm-hmm. now I want, I want to backtrack for a second sure if you're not able if you're not watching this right now like mm-hmm. you're not watching this on seeing this clip on social media YouTube yeah. or wherever it may end up mm-hmm. this man looks good Chris, you look great right now. Like, thank you. Thank I wish you. I am a reflection of you. Okay, like you, you invited me on this call. I was like, all right, I got you. <laughs> Appreciate that. So, New York Fashion Week. Yes. Right. Yes. Why? How does that happen? You know, I I am surrounded by a lot of wonderful phenomenal people um shout outs to models inc organization uh they have been uh coaching me they have been grooming me to get the proper training the experience and um kind of the professional know-how of when you're provide when you're presented these type of opportunities to be in you know the likes of these places how you really get to move how you really get to operate what you can expect and how it happened for me. Well, first and foremost, uh, New York Fashion Week, uh, all the fashion weeks, LA, uh, Paris, Milan, they are open to the public for castings and attendance. You just have to understand, you know, the protocol on how to get in the room, right? So if you're a model, you have to go to castings. You have to. Um, They look for uh, a certain image of course you know that's just the modeling industry but 
they're becoming more flexible and more open to all different types of uh, backgrounds, you know, uh, body types, what have you. So you really just have to show presence. And even if you're not even in the show, there's always an after party. There's always <laughs> some social gathering uh, for you to attend to rub elbows with these type of people. And that's the nature of the business, you know. And the same thing, you know, in the entertainment field, it's not what you know it's who you know that can get you in the door and then from there what you know does matter you know what mm -hmm. you can do on set will define whether you're valuable as a model or not and for me i kind of have that uh versatility where i can pick up a camera or you know you need me on set to be a model all right cool all right got my model bag with me already i'm ready to rock and roll that's just how mm -hmm. it works you know and my opportunity uh, I was working, but one model didn't show up, right? And he was my size. So they're like, hey, man. That's God. And I was like, put me in the game, coach, you know? And that's how it worked. Man, sorry. Man, what? That's crazy. I was like, yeah, what do, you, what do you need? Oh, you want me to wear this? Okay, great. And that, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it, where preparation yes. and opportunity Yes. It's quote unquote luck. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Looking guy. Yeah. Because just happen to be your size, man. Yeah. And I know you're a hard worker. So for, first of all, let's also talk <laughs> about that. You say you had your modeling bag ready. Yes. While you were there to shoot. Yes. So you were determined to get in the door regardless. Yes. yes. How important is it or how does somebody become Mm -hmm. more versatile or how do they figure out what to become more versatile in within the industry because i feel you on that yeah i feel you on that i have to do the same thing myself yeah man um always be ready to network always be ready to um perform at any given point in time you know granted i was uh working in essence you know uh on this particular set i was just a production assistant you know i was just working swing i was just kind of doing anything Right. Uh, they wanted me to uh, film a uh, Insta story for the for the company, you know, and um, they wanted me to take this picture, greet people as they come through the door, whatever, whatever. Now, I showed up looking nice and professional, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you you want to dress to impress. But that within itself psychologically creates a message that, hey, this guy knows about fashion. He knows how to look presentable. He's clean cut. He's prepared that if we were to put him on stage right now, it wouldn't be a problem of confidence level. We would get a performance, right? So having my model bag uh, with me and typically, you know, they ask for minimal items. They want you to wear all black, um, have like black or white shoes or boots, you know, just in case like uh, one look doesn't call for shoes. You can just slip those on real quick. Um, bringing that with, uh, of course, my uh, camera equipment at the time, right, allowed me to kind of shift gears, you know, seamlessly. So that way, typically, if, you know, there's a model on set that have the same opportunity and they weren't uh, a photographer or, you know, um, working swing like I was, right, say they didn't have that model bag, they'd be sure. Because designers don't want to hear, oh, I forgot my model bag in my apartment, I, you know, they don't want to hear that. They don't. It's either you're ready. What's in your model bag? So typically in your model bag, um, again, all black um, outfit. That's typically like, uh, you know, a tank top, um, 
uh, crew neck, um, T-shirt, you know, some jeans, uh, denim jeans, black jeans, um, black dress slacks. And this is for the males. The the women have uh, something different. Um, dress shoes, either black shoes or boots. You know, no logos, no logos whatsoever. Um, white, all white uh, shoes, uh, black socks, you know, things of that nature. You, the, the basic essential items that... Uh, don't clash with like um, major brands that have the logos and everything like that. Because again, psychologically, it's very competitive. So like, say you arrive the set and your undergarments have like a logo on them, like a Puma or something, right? They're thinking as a designer, they're thinking, oh, you already walked for Puma, why are you on my set? You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it, it sounds petty, but it's a very real scenario. So you just have to be prepared um, with those essential items and, um, oh, and one thing that also goes in your, um, uh, model bag is your headshot. So they call it a, uh, composite card or a comp card for short. Um, it's a little sheet. Um, typically it's about yay big or smaller. Uh, it has your headshots and your measurements, you know, like how tall are you? Um, what are your arm size, your uh, pant size, things of that nature, uh, chest size, all that. So that way the designer can look at your picture and see, okay, he fits the measurements for this outfit. I want you to try this on. That's how they keep the organization going. So yeah. a little stuff wow. like that. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like a lot, but like the more that you are just around the industry and putting more into practice, you'll see how relative and seamless it just flows, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, model, mm -hmm. photographer, yeah. record designer, yeah. see you so much. How do you find time? Like, how do you, how do you uh. even, how do you build these skill sets? Like, is it that you work on each one every day? Is it you focus on one skill a year? Like, how do you continuously oh. build these skills? How do I answer that in one seamless explanation? <laughs> You know, um, and also I think uh, by you knowing me personally, you know, you've seen how life has a demand for certain aspects of your talent. You know, there was a time where I didn't do graphic design at all. You know, uh, I'm a backtrack to about 2020 uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, and again, being in grinding mode, um, I was just figuring out ways to make money. Like I had a part-time job and everything uh, just to sustain my business. You know, I haven't always been um, successful in, in, in my business. N none of us have. You know, we're going to have right. our eras where business isn't going so well. And at that time, business wasn't going so well. So I had a part-time gig and um, it was working for the government and also um, yeah, I was doing uh, Design by Valentine uh, Media Consulting, but business was very slow because they didn't need media consulting at, the, at that time. The market was just dry. So I picked up, um, you know, Forex and uh, investing or trying to learn it because it was mad interesting. But I was in an environment where um, I had the opportunity to learn, but it just wasn't being uh, taught and... Um, delivered properly, uh, organizationally and uh, structure-wise. So within that business, um, 
they had a need for graphic design. They were always doing events. They were always celebrating all forms of success, you know, whether they had a successful day of trading in the market or whatever the case may be. So um, what they were doing prior to me wasn't exactly the most uh, appealing thing. And I'm trying to stay politically correct with it. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm laughing so hard internally right now. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> because if you know, you know. But uh, at this particular time in, a, in my life, you know, uh, what I was seeing being um, shared out there, it, it wasn't all that great. So I saw opportunity right there. And part of entrepreneurship is fixing problems. You know, so I saw a problem. I knew that this was something that could, you know, be sustainable. I didn't know anything about it, but I was willing to learn. So I started studying. I used every resource that I could other than Photoshop, which actually I know now. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. I used Canva. I used this uh, website called Post on My Wall, which most of my work was uh, done on. And the more that I did it on a day-to-day basis, the more that I actually got to learn and study how graphic design is really done. You know, there's actually like a systematic flow to creation, you know. And then it evolved into me actually stemming a little side business, you know, that I don't necessarily have anymore. But for the time, it was uh, rather successful. We made about $10,000 within six months of me doing it, um, clientele grew organically because, again, I had a, a supply that the demand um, needed, you know. So clientele was just coming every single day and then the referral system and then, you know, this person needs a flyer, that person needs a flyer, this person needs a banner and, like, it, it was a lot. So to answer your question directly, um, when you get into that realm where you know your skills are going to be tested and challenged, um, a lot of people do shy away from it, but at least taste, take the first step to learning the skill because you never know how profitable you'll actually be once you become an expert within your field. So for mm-hmm. me, it took a lot of trial and error, a lot of hours invested and again that was around the time where I didn't enforce my hours of operation and a lot of sleepless nights a lot of um, you know broken deals and um, less than favorable situations but all in all you know there was something to be learned from all of it and then eventually when um, you know I kind of stepped away from um, Forex truth be told I haven't traded since uh, 2020 um, after I left, yeah, uh, truth be told, um, there still was a need for that. So it kind of lingered on longer. But because I stayed consistent with it, I've had very prominent clients. You know, I've uh, worked with even uh, celebrity clients like uh, Larry June, DDG. Uh, let's see, who else have I worked with um, recently? But the portfolio speaks for itself. The page still exists. Um, the name of the company at that time was uh, Midway Design Group. It's still on Instagram. You can check that out, see the work that I've done. And I think if you were to scroll from the bottom to the top, you would see the overall progression of how the skill set uh, evolved, you know. So stay consistent with it. That's, that's the key in all this consistency. 
How important are your goals to you? What if I were able to help you gain clarity, stop you overthinking with your goal setting, improve your time management, and give you an actionable execution plan to accomplish whatever you want to do? I've been getting this question a lot. Can I pick your brain? Can I break your brain? Can we do a one-on-one? People are willing to pay me $10,000, $5,000, but I'm doing this for much less. Go to sitwithphenom.com so we can go ahead and get your goals accomplished today. That is sitwithphenom.com. I'm doing one-on-ones. I'm only taking a couple people per month. I want you to be one of them. That's sitwithphenom.com. That you... That's just facts. <laughs> That's just facts. It's, yeah. it's consistency and discipline that I always like to say is going to get you to where you dream of going. Yeah. Uh, because if you only stop, it's going to just delay the, the process. Yeah. Now, you were just talking about how that was a time that you weren't enforcing your hours of operation. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of this episode, you were speaking on, like, you have to do that. So you have to. coming from a person that at one point you weren't enforcing it and you were just like, let's just say you were letting people call you whenever they wanted to. (laughs) To a person that, you know, you have a structure, set schedule. It's like, hey, after 8 p.m., don't even think about me. Right. Right. (laughs) So how how did you, one, figure out that you needed to to have that set time? Yeah. And two, how are you stern with people in a professional way? It's like, hey, don't think about me. Don't, Don't text me, don't call me. Yeah, literally. Um, I'm a nice person, you know, um, and it took a lot of kindness to do what I did for so long. Um, yeah, at that time, you know, because I was so focused on making money, right? I was so mm-hmm. focused on running out of my pockets that I, I put myself in a position where I felt it was worth the sacrifice, you know, that you can trade your time for money. But then when it dawned on me that that's the same thing everybody else does on normal jobs. You know, you sacrifice your time for your paycheck. And that's cool and everything. Don't get me wrong. Jobs are wonderful. You know, uh, if you work a nine to five, I still applaud you. I'm not saying that entrepreneurship, you know, supersedes having a standard career. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, there is... Um, a quality of life that comes with entrepreneurship and having that, again, uh, freedom to choose what you do with your day, you know, as long as your uh, income is sustainable, that that that's the realm of life that I, I'm building now, you know. So when I discovered that, I, I really needed to flesh out the business side of things and not let it interfere with my personal life. So. I handled it rather professionally. Um, I started implementing policies within the business. You know, I started setting hours, right? And mm-hmm. my client base, um, it was a little loose because most of the communication was via text or um, Instagram. And then eventually I got people's emails, which was cool. Um, I started sending out professional uh, messaging, you know, um, like, dear value customer, da 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 da. Um, as of like, say October 1st, you know, 2020 at that time, something like that. Right. Uh, midway design group will operate within the standard hours of, at that time, it was 10 o'clock AM Eastern standard time and 7 PM, you know, so that's a full day of work. And, and I was rather generous with the hours. 
But, you know, at least that set a time parameter for when people can have access to me. And if you run past mm-hmm. 7 p.m., okay, you know, you can still submit the work to me and I'll get on it when we open at 10 a.m. the next day, you know, because you had that time to have access to me, but you just missed it. That's all. You know, and it's not that you're trying to be mean or nasty or anything. It's just, no, you're just enforcing uh, your value as a patron, you know. And some people, you know, they want to be there for their customer. And, of course, you know, there is a relationship development that comes with that. But understand that if that's, you know, jeopardizing your quality of life and uh, interfering with (laughs) personal um, interactions with your friends and family, that's a problem, again, that you have to fix up. So it's, it's, it's worth that investment to implement those policies within your business, you know. Now, you said Midway Design Group. So mm-hmm. was it just you or but or was it a team of you? You know, and, and I tried to expand it, you know. Um, I feel that the business could have been more of a group, and it was me for a while, but it, it could have been more of a group uh, had I been in a different demographic um, of business, you know, the environment, um, I tried to hire from, um, you know, to, to, to put it bluntly, not as, not everybody is as professional as you, you know, they may have, yeah, talent, but they may not have the, the, the technical and the professional skill set or the mindset. So it was difficult for me to hire full time, you know, or even part time, uh, for that matter. Um, there were times that I did um, refer work and outsource, you know, to get things done. But it also uh, put me in a very compromising position, you know, with my business and my and my clients because um, it just slowed down production, and there was a lot of miscommunication and uh, to minimal uh, communication, and it just. Uh, made things difficult for me in the end, you know. So my thing, and, and I'm very aggressive on this, is above all, don't get in the way of my money. <laughs> Point blank, period. You know, um, if, especially if I hire you to uh, for a subcontract, um, don't impede productivity, especially when I gave you deadlines, you know. Mm. But at that time, because uh, I wasn't able to kind of have a thriving uh, talent pool, it didn't necessarily evolve into the design group that I envisioned, but mm-hmm. we still, you know, made uh, we made a good amount of money for what it was worth. And the business died around uh, earlier this year, actually. I want to say February this year. So we had a mm-hmm. good run. Yeah. So one thing you said was, now, I definitely agree that not everybody can be as professional as you. Mm-hmm. How can somebody grow mm-hmm. in their professionalism? What tips do you have for somebody? The ball's in your court, always. Um, you have control of what you study, what you view on your social media, uh, mm-hmm. the type of company that you keep, uh, the people that you look up to. And you really have to expand your, uh, your network. You know, your network is, and it's cliche, as a lot of people may make it out to sound, your network is literally your network, you know. Um, hang out with the money, and the money will become yours. That's that's how I've been able to capitalize in my career. 
Um, honestly, hanging out with the right mentors, um, hanging out with individuals who are veterans within their field, respectively. And honestly, um, just getting out there and trying, man. Um, everything that I've done, everything that I've accomplished and achieved uh, had to go through trial and error. Um, it wasn't always pretty. And just being able to listen and being able to uh, adapt. You know, a lot of people um, get so fixed on their personality that they think it's one size fits all in any environment. It, it, it doesn't. You have to be flexible. You have to be able to read the room. You really have to be able to uh, be in environments that may be a little uncomfortable for you. Like, uh, for example, my professional career, again, has stemmed from serving small business all the way up to government contracting. Most of my professionalism came from being in corporate and government environments where a lot yeah. of people may feel they shy away from because they feel like, you know, corporate stiffs and like, you know, everybody's kind of got their nose up in the air. No, it's because they've just been longer in the game. That's all. But that doesn't stop you from literally going up to anybody, sticking your hand out and saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. You know, um, you have to have the fundamentals down packed. Uh, if you go to any professional environment or even if you're out on the street, you must have a business card or the dot, you know, the little um, uh, phone tag. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> most, yeah. Most of my clientele are a little older, so they're used to, you know, paper, but still have that option available. You know what I'm saying? You have um, one of those? What's that? Do you have one of the dot cards? I do. I do, actually. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it is insanely um, helpful for me, especially when I'm on the go. Actually, I, the last time I used it, I was actually coming back from New York. Um, it was a guy on the train. Um, we were just talking. And before he got up, right, like he kind of shook hands and um, he was like, oh, do you have a business card? And like he had his phone in hand. I just boop. And he was able to have all my information. So that was really cool. <laughs> Funny backstory. So I actually had the first version of those cards. Oh, really? Was, I, I think it was called like Blue Light Dot Social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. no other card existed. It was the first one of its kind. I think this was like five years ago mm -hmm. that, that I, I got hit with a random ad. I think they had just gotten funded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the website. And they were just like, hey, this is going to be like the next biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Pre-order it now. So it wasn't even made yet. And so I had pre-ordered it. Mm -hmm. And I when I when I tell you, I used to go out to networking events, I'd be like, yeah, this is my car. Boom. This is my car. He was like, hold on now. What's this? It was it was a game changer. I'm glad it's a lot more um, a lot more common now because yeah. no one wants yeah. to carry around all those business cards. It's like, yeah. just, just don't lose your one. You'll be all right. Literally. Um, yeah, the only time I have, like, paper business cards is if I'm at a corporate event or government, literally. Um, other than that, yeah, people um, are more reliant on their um, mobile devices nowadays. So, you know, give it the time. Mm -hmm. Be able to evolve, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, as far as that professionalism goes, uh, again, having those honest conversations with yourself to assess what kind of professional you even are, you know. That all falls within the brand. So, yeah. yeah. Now, it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been a, like a smooth ride. No. Give us, share with us 
you know, that you're comfortable with, some of the most challenging things that you've encountered, encountered throughout your journey? Man, I'm an open book, man. Um, look, I, I make it look good. You know, don't let the suit <laughs> There were times when, well, actually, I, I'll give you one major story, right? Um, by the end of uh, 2020, you know, and the Forex thing just didn't work. Unfortunately, um, I was kind of betrayed by my group, and it had me um, kind of removed from the business uh, abruptly. You know, I had to go, basically. I can no longer be around or associated with that group. And I was screwed over on a major business deal that, again, you can't put your trust in everybody, but um, I was really put in a tough spot where I lost a lot of money. And it put me um, about $1,200 in the hole, like negative um, $1,200 in my bank account. You know, couldn't even like buy gum without having overcharge fees uh, applied, you know. Um, I had nothing, literally. I had to start from ground zero. And again, when you're in debt, it, it feels like it's choking you, you know what I mean? It feels like that life force is just being drained out of you. So I have no money, I have bills that are overdue, stuff's being taken away from me. These are real-world situations, you know what I'm saying? And um, I was facing repossession. I was facing almost my whole livelihood being taken away from me, you know? Mm. And on a mental health note, you know, it started to deteriorate, you know? And I got into a very dark place, you know? But I, I have this concept in life, and, you know, it's kind of my mantra, you know, keep pushing, you know? And even in those darkest moments, it may not make sense, because, like, what do you have to push with? But, uh, dude... Keep pushing, right? The trouble doesn't last forever. It doesn't. And even in dire situations like that, um, where you feel like everything that you've worked so hard for is about to be taken away from you, when you feel that you don't have the proper income to even, you know, make ends meet, eat something, there's always something that you can do to... Um, start wiggling out of the hole. So I had to use what I had, where I was, with what I know. So started picking up uh, graphic design work, started uh, doing photography gigs. I had to step outside my comfort zone into different industries, kind of, you know, uh, would let into fashion, but that's a different story. Um, and I landed a very strong contract by the grace of God. Uh, that brought me out of the hole, allowed me to start building, you know, to come up out of my debt to be able to get my life back on track. And, you know, man, it, it, it's like when you have nothing, that's when you really figure out what you're made of and who you really are, you mm -hmm. know? And since that, moment you know it, it was a lot of things that compounded into that but like understand and I, I use this um metaphor of the market you know the um stock market foreign exchange market what have you 
uh, that is applicable to life. You know, it always has its ups and downs. You know, it's not always going to be a constant flow up like they illustrated in business. <laughs> it's not like that, man. Um, that's why they call it the uptrend. Overall, it's going up. You're going to have dips. Mm -hmm. So I started mm -hmm. rising, but then um, again, I had somebody sabotage me, man. Um, one night, um, somebody sabotaged my food. And yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, last year, uh, somebody yeah. sabotaged my food and it destroyed my mouth, basically. So I couldn't speak. I couldn't eat. I couldn't. Um, I didn't have lips, long story short. <laughs> and um, it was insanely painful, man. I spent two months in the hospital. So imagine like coming right out of debt and, and you think life's about to start getting better and then wham. Was it somebody that you knew? Not entirely. Mm. It was somebody that was pulling a practical joke. Mm. You can't trust everybody, man. So, um, long story short, um, was sick for two months. Um, worst pain I ever felt. And in the hospital, you know what's the scary thing about all of that is um, the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm. You know, I was a case study. And <laughs> mm. it, it, it's weird when you have your name and case study <laughs> next to each other. So oh, that's a little man. bit of that's, that's scary. It is. It is because they had no idea what the hell was wrong with me. Uh, so, so you better figure out this case ASAP. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, eventually we got it under control. But, you know, the, the point of it all was um, they, the doctors found a bacterial agent in the food that I didn't even eat it. Like, I just you know, bit into it and instantly rejected it, right? So I threw it away, whatever. So, but because of that, again, uh, full um, second degree burns on my lips, it, didn't, it destroyed my um, oral cavity, basically. So, you know, not being able to eat, not able to uh, speak, you know, it, 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 I lost a lot of weight. I lost 35 pounds in a week because I wasn't, yeah, 35 pounds in a week because I wasn't eating um, and I was stressed, you know. So the doctor literally, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, this guy was an asshole, but <laughs> he comes in <laughs> and no, uh, no, nah, nah, just straight up, this story's kind of messed up because he comes in and he's like, hey man, you lost 35 pounds in a week. Um, if this continues over the next week, we're transferring you into ICU and you're on your own. And in doctor's terms, that means you're about to die. You're a doctor. Why are you telling me that? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so that happened. And, you know, again, um, those words in the back of my mind, keep pushing. Keep fighting against this thing. You need to live. You know what I mean? Right. So from there, um, I did what I could. I had to... Um, I had to have them force feed me, and I even had to, you know, fight through the pain of eating again. Mm -hmm. And what that allowed me to do was generate enough energy to fight what was going on uh, within me, right? And again, uh, they gave me uh, antibiotics, they gave me um, morphine and um, uh, uh, Percocets. You know, that's again, a combination um, for people that are about to pass away, you know, so they don't feel anything. So I was on that mm -hmm. for 
oh, two weeks, two weeks. So, awful. But, anyway, I'm not going to bore you with all of that. But um, I had to keep fighting through it. Eventually, my condition became more stable, and I instantly had to get back to work. I had to start working out again. I had to eat a lot more, and I had to, you know, recover what I had lost. So, you know, for your audience out there, whatever you're going through, if you even feel that you have lost everything to your name, you have two choices. You can either A, stay in this environment, feel sorry for yourself, feel like you will never recover what you've lost, or you can keep pushing, you can keep fighting, you just really have to dig into your faith, man, and ask God truly, what can I do to recover what has been stolen from me and enlarge my territory. So that's, that's my story. That's anyway. true. So out of your entire journey that you've experienced thus far, yeah. what are some of the, let's just go over one. Mm. What's one of the biggest things that you've learned out of everything that you've experienced? Mm. The biggest thing that I've ever learned on Number one, it's on you. Um, everything that happens to you in life, it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. You know, mm -hmm. these are opportunities for you to leverage as opposed to just react. And um, a lot of people feel like they need motivation in order to be successful. Motivation is a tool. You know, motivation is mm -hmm. kind of like that spark plug, that uh, upstart, right? Um, what you need is truly an assessment of why you do what you do, you know, and why you do what you do all stems from God's divine purpose for you, his design for you. We're all designed to do something significant and special in the world. That's everybody's assignment. My assignment in this world is to speak and use my voice to inspire others. That's what I'm made for. That's what I'm designed for. That's what I thrive in. I can go on and on, literally all day without tire doing that. And that's the thing. You have to find that one special gift, or it may be many, right? Those gifts that you can do for hours at a time, and then you look up at the clock and it's like, oh, it's midnight, you know? Because yep. you're so creatively excited and engaged in what you're doing. That's your gift. Like, it just keeps growing, and, like, you don't necessarily have to study too, too much about it, uh, always further your education, but you don't have to study too, too much about it because that's what was already instilled in you. You know, that's what you do naturally. So pursue that, and you'll make plenty of money. You'll, you know, have a more fulfilled quality of life, you know. And, again, you have to remember who's your God here. Are you doing this for the glory of God, or... Or you just serve him for the purpose of making money. You, mm -hmm. you really have to have those uh, conversations. So, all in all, biggest lesson is do what you're made for. You know, nothing less. That's real. That's real. So, Chris, wrapping up, how can somebody find you? How sure. can they support you? Sure, man. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Chris Busy. That is C H R I S. B as in Valentine, I Z Z Y. Okay, that's Chris Valen that's Chris Vizzy. That's my personal page. My business page is designed by Valentine 
on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, yeah, feel free to follow my journey, man. Um, I'm always here to provide a motivational quote, inspirational message. I'm always here for advice. Uh, this is just the beginning for me. And I appreciate y'all even tapping in right now in the burgeoning stage of uh, my speaking career. Thank you. Oh, man, that's amazing. Chris, thank you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to bless us with your words, your story, your motivation on this on the show today. Um, it's been amazing. Thank, uh, you. thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. Again, my, I am your host, Phenom, and we will catch you guys on the very next episode. Yeah, yeah.